Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. This is Cassie. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us as we continue our chat with Amy, a certified lactation consultant. So one question that was submitted a lot was when to start pumping. Yeah, so if the baby's not latching well from the beginning, you want to start pumping right away. Hand expression, so look up some videos on hand expression because that's an important part. And then pump, with if, if you're in the hospital, use a hospital-grade pump. Mm-hmm. If you are at home, you can use um, the pump that you hopefully got already. Mm-hmm. If not, you can go rent a hospital-grade pump. Okay. And so you do need to really make sure that if the baby's not latching well or your milk's a little on the, the lower side, baby's not gaining weight well, because again, they're gonna lose weight. And then once your milk comes in around day five, they should start trending up back towards their birth weight and they have until they're about two weeks old to get back to their birth weight. Okay. And then after that, the textbook you know, recommendation or definition is we want them to gain about five to seven ounces a week. So sometimes if the baby's not latching well because they're tongue-tied and or lip-tied or um, it, there can be different variables and the mom's supply is low, then we'll add some pumping into that. If things are going well, you do not need to pump at all, mm-hmm. ever, if you don't want to. If you're going back to work outside of the home, then you would want to start pumping at about four weeks postpartum and just pump once a day. Yeah. So we don't need a huge freezer stash. I know that it's reassuring to have milk in the freezer, but no one posts the pictures of their freezer when they have a quote, like normal stash of breast milk in the freezer, which is like a bottle or two. Mm-hmm. People only post the pictures when they have hundreds of yeah. ounces. So yeah. then we yeah. think that's yeah. the norm. So I want everybody to take a picture of their freezer stash and then send it into Momworthy <laughs> so we can see all the variations yeah, of normal of that. Be idea. proud. If you have two ounces in the freezer, be proud of that yeah. two ounces. Yeah. So yeah. hashtag Momworthy. And then that way you can Momworthy you stash. Yeah, Momworthy yeah. stash. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love to see that. So I keep saying that. I'm like, let's just all post. I, I mean, I don't breastfeed anymore. I've got but... one bottle in the fridge. Yes. I before I left. I do have a little stash. Yeah. I do. Okay I have you like, work. You work. I do. I work. Um, but it's not like a, a, a ton of plethora, but it does make me feel good that, you know, when I'm ready to have a drink, I can have my drink and I have my stash. Right. Question. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the rule with pump and dump and drinking? Because I know there's lots of different rules with that I've heard. So I always send people to kellymom.com. Yeah. If you go on kellymom.com in the search box and you type in wine, beer, alcohol, it's evidence-based. So if your mother-in-law is like, oh, no, you cannot. And yeah. you say, well, the lactation consultant said I couldn't. Yep. She's like, oh, she's horrible. <laughs> you say, no, look, like, here's the re- you can pull up the studies and stuff. So you absolutely can have a glass of wine. Yeah. You can have a beer. You do not need to pump and dump. In fact, you can continue to breastfeed your baby. The recommendation is, you know, have your glass of wine right after you breastfeed so that there's like an hour or two before the baby or will hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, so I do tell, I do like joke and tell people that I'm like kind of serious, like have a glass of wine while you're breastfeeding because yeah. then that's the longest amount of time exactly. before. And our body metabolizes it. It's not like the alcohol like goes to our breast mm-hmm. and like stays there. I think it's more like 
you don't want to be drunk and handling a baby. That's the biggest issue, probably. Absolutely. So if you're going to go to a bachelorette party and you're going to let loose, then you're going to have a plan and have milk pumped yes. beforehand, and you're going to have somebody else taking care of your yeah. baby, right? So Hopefully. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did bring one of these silicone pumps. I've heard great things these about are that. I had one of those this favorite. last time. My think... biggest regret is not having that when I was engorged. Because yeah. yes. now nothing really, not much comes out at this point for me the because down, it's. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I think regulated. once you hit about 12 weeks, the your hormone levels yeah. change and you just don't. Because really the idea is that this catches the letdown. Yes, and I used to have a huge letdown. My entire shirt would be covered on the other mm-hmm. side, and that's my biggest regret. I love these things. So <laughs> they came out a little over two years ago. And I buy them in bulk, and I bring them to every consult I go to. So if the mom doesn't have one, I give her one and show her how to use it. Because if, um, you know, pumping is part of the care plan, and she's on this, like, baby boot camp, right? Like, she just wants to cuddle and hold her baby, and we're like, feed your baby and then pump and then do this. Like, you talked about that, Cassie. Like, that was part of the reason why it was really hard for you. And so these are great because... So this doesn't really necessarily count as like pumping with an electric pump because that's going to give you more stimulation. But man, when you're done breastfeeding, if you just want to do skin to skin and you just put it on the other side or you nurse on one side and put the baby on the other and put it on, then you're going to get something, right? Like some stimulation. I have moms whose babies are in the NICU and when they are just holding their baby around their baby, I'm like, just put these on because you get the, the hormones yeah. going and it kind of starts to get things in the right place. So you can use this from day one and it can help with engorgement, mm-hmm. but it's not going to create a lot of stimulation. So I really haven't had anyone get an oversupply from this. Yeah. And that if you, if breastfeeding is going well and you start pumping too soon and too often, you're going to have an oversupply. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a good thing, but then you get to the point where you kind of can't pump, not pump. So if you're out and about, it's like, you know, you have to bring the pump with you and then pump somewhere. Like it can really start this whole cycle that you don't want to get into. And then it can put you at higher risk for plugged ups and mastitis. Mm -hmm. So we really only need just enough milk to feed the baby. If you're able to get an ounce extra a day, that's great. And if you're starting at four weeks and you're going back to work at six, eight, 12 weeks, then you're going to, even at four weeks, if you're going back to work at six weeks and you're getting an ounce a day, you're going to have enough milk for that first day back at work. And that's all you need. Because then when you're at work, you're going to pump to make up for that next session. Now, don't be alarmed if when you go back to work that you're really having a hard time, like keeping up with what the baby is drinking. Because first of all, babies can take more in a bottle then you know the, the milk is just flowing. So you wanna make sure you're using a slow flow bottle and that whoever's feeding the baby is doing paste bottle feeding because mm-hmm. a baby will guzzle down five ounces without missing a beat. And mm-hmm. that's just because the milk was just flowing into their mouth. And then people think that they always need that much. Yeah. So um, when, you're, when you first go back to work, just give yourself some grace and know that it's stressful, you're emotional. Um, you're getting back into the rhythm, so you may not be eating and drinking enough. That's where I will sometimes recommend like the lactation cookies or some, you know, like legendary milk or mother love herbal blends or something like that, just to give like a little boost to help. But there's a lot of moms that go back to work and pump. Like, did you feel like you struggled in the very beginning or did you kind of already have like pumping 
Medela down. I um honestly pumping was really confusing for me at first. I mean it's like I had the Medela pump and uh, there's just so many pieces and parts and I, thankfully my sister she wasn't able to feed the baby by breath, but she pumped and that's how she fed her baby. That's yeah. what worked for her. So she was able to work with me on how to work my pump because that was confusing in, in general. Like you have like literally so many pieces <laughs> that you have to put together and clean every day. Every time you have to clean them. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. Yeah. Every time. Or you can put it in the fridge if you're going to pump more than once yeah. that day. Um, but I built up a little bit of a stash. I had like a week's worth. Okay. That just made me feel more comfortable. But I didn't have like the deep freezer stash, six months worth kind of situation. I had like a week. Yeah. Because I was just nervous if my supply dropped, you know, with the stress of going back to work. It just made me less stressed mm-hmm. to have that. But I had 16 weeks off, so I had plenty of time plenty to of build. So you had more, so yeah. Build that stash. So if you start pumping it around four weeks and then give the baby a bottle around five, six weeks, because there is kind of a window of time yeah. that babies seem to do well with being introduced to the bottle. Yeah. Not too soon unless it's medically necessary, but don't wait too long mm-hmm. because that can be a challenge. So I have pretty much every type of pump flange that there is. I have pump and pals. Mm-hmm. I have all the flange sizes for Spectra, Medela. Spectra pumps and Medela pumps are the two most common. Mm-hmm. And they're usually the ones I recommend. And so I even do pumping consults because it is so confusing. It is. But this is another thing I should have mentioned when we were talking about how to get breastfeeding off to a great start before the baby's even born. Is get your pump out before the baby is born and watch the videos on the website mm-hmm. of the pump that you got and go through the motions, like play around so that you're not trying to do that after the baby yeah. is born and, you know, wash everything, get it ready. Um, the videos are, I, I think they're, you know, very, very helpful and really look into making sure that you're using the right flange size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's good. And once you're 36, 37 weeks, if you're low risk, you can actually go ahead and pump for a couple I did. minutes. I did. I yeah. tried it out. I saw colostrum come out. It made me feel more confident going to the hospital, knowing I was producing colostrum or colostrum and I was going to be able to feed my baby. Yeah. I know a lot and of moms you, are like, is it enough? I knew it was enough. I saw it coming out of the pump yeah. and I knew like I was good to go. And if you don't see it come out, like that's yeah, okay true. Anything, but I never yeah. saw anything come out. I was leaking from like... 10 yeah. weeks along being pregnant, I started leaking. So there's another variation of normal, yeah. right? Because yeah. like I told them, they're like, no, I've never let like leak. Yeah, I never had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that I cool? Think, I think one common misconception too is um, people judging their supply based on how much they're pumping. I see that oh, all the time. Yeah. Like, I can't pump anything. I must not be producing. It's like, don't judge Meanwhile, it. their baby is like roly-poly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're fine. Just quit, quit judging it's it It's crazy how our confidence is just, we're so vulnerable so vulnerable when we yeah. have a baby because yeah. we want everything we want the best so for that stressed baby. out about everything like, yeah yeah if you're gonna do it and if you don't there's other ways to feed them and everybody has different judgments as well like you know yeah. like you mentioned like it's okay to for them to use your breasts as a binky and mm-hmm. as a pacifier and but then other people judge you when they do that yeah. and, and think it's wrong and so no matter what you do somebody thinks it's wrong it, I, that that is so true so you got to yeah. do your thing yeah. and you find your find your friend or friends that you know even 
you know, whether you're, you know, whether you breastfeed or you don't, or you go back to work or you don't, and you're just like, you know what, my friends love me anyways. They love yeah. me even though I'm crazy and weird and imperfect. And yeah, when she was struggling, I was like, gosh, just say no. If it doesn't work out for you, we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah, I yeah. remember that conversation because we have like, a text. It's so thread. hard. It's like I don't. Uh, yeah. You know, like it's fine. We won't yeah. judge you. Yeah, and you know what? If you're going back to work and you don't have a huge freezer stash, like guess what? There's plenty of that. And your baby is not going to starve to death. And I Mm -hmm. know that a lot of moms don't want their babies to have formula, but you could always, if you have somebody that you know and trust, you could get some breast milk. Mm -hmm. You could do donor breast milk, which is really great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my, my first daughter got formula. She was in the NICU. She was jaundiced. And... I hope that that's reassuring. That mm-hmm. it's like if your baby has to get an ounce or two of formula every now and then, we want to work through any issues if there are any to you know make sure that we're not doing the top off cycle and sabotaging your breastfeeding. Yeah. But there are a lot of women that breastfeed till their baby's two and three years old and their baby got formula mm-hmm. maybe in the very beginning for a little while or maybe throughout the whole thing. So mm-hmm. again, breastfeeding can look different for everyone and. I definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, if you start, if you have struggles, reach out for help so that you can yeah. be reassured that that's the right thing. I'm curious, Cassie, because yeah. obviously, you know, Cassie's had a lot of struggles with trying to breastfeed. She really, really wanted to, um, she tried everything. You mm-hmm. tried so hard yeah. to breastfeed and it just wasn't working out, right? Yeah. After, you know, talking today, is there anything here that you think would have helped you been more oh, successful? yes. Absolutely. One, I didn't see a lactation consultant until two weeks postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, I got mastitis. I didn't have a good supply. I was told, you know, at that point to pump eight times a day. Um, I'm, what else happened to me? I had the large breast size, which I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really have the ability to like grab my boob while I was breastfeeding I mean I was holding it up because it was heavy and mm-hmm. it was gonna smother her if I didn't so I didn't really <laughs> get to like push on my boob things like that um I think if you would have had a lactation consultant in the hospital absolutely it would have helped, so it would have helped. Yeah. before you left we have tips and tricks like roll up a burp cloth under your breast to hold it up yeah that would that's a my breast friend mm-hmm. pillow can be great for women that have larger breasts because mm-hmm. you can like kind of lay your breasts on the my breast friend and then the baby is right there like so there's little tips and tricks, yeah. and you do not have to be having problems to see a lactation consultant. Yeah. Like, that's something that I'm always like, just have somebody come that first week. Yeah. So if you're mm-hmm. really, if you're feeling really comfortable breastfeeding in the football hold, and you want someone to show you the cradle, or vice versa, if you want someone to show you how to lay down and side lie, if you just, it's like a breastfeeding class in your home with the baby in your arms, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, definitely don't feel like you have to wait until you have an issue. Like, have somebody come over and spend that time with you or... And another thing, too, we, our interns didn't cover our lactation consultant. It's worth every penny. I mean, obviously, it didn't work out for us because it was later in the game and I was just already over it Mm -hmm. and I was having a lot of anxiety towards it. And I was like, you know what? My baby needs me to be happy Uh more than she needs breast milk. Let's just do it and switch to formula and... But had I done it earlier, it would have been well worth the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 
how much is it? How much is an average consult consult? Because I'm sure that they're gonna be curious, and a lot of moms they don't have a lot of spare money, so they're gonna mm-hmm. be like, "Well, I can't afford that." Save up for it just in yeah. case. You know, that yeah. might be something to do. I think that if we start to normalize that, like that's just. I wish that more insurance companies covered and more insurance companies contracted. It's it's not easy to get contracted with insurance companies always, mm-hmm. and if there's already someone in the area, they're not going to contract another oh. IBCLC sometimes. So that yeah. can get yeah. kind of weird, but um, usually around $200. Oh, that's yeah. not that so, bad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, formula is going to be more expensive yeah, than that eventually. Exactly. You can write it off <laughs> on your taxes. A lot of times exactly. it's a health expense. You can use your HSA card or yeah. FSA card for me. Like yeah. I'm um, listed as a medical provider. You can still send in what's called a super bill, which is what I give all my clients. It has the diagnostic codes. It's like a receipt hmm. that, you, so you can send it in and see if your insurance will reimburse you for out of network. Um, register for it. There's a, oh, yeah. what is it? Baby gift oh, there list. There's a Smart. registry online that you can register. So like if you register at Bye Bye Baby and Target and somewhere else, mm-hmm. it kind of brings it all together. So people in Amazon, so you can just go on there. Is it Baby Gift Registry, Baby Gift List, Registry List? Yeah, Baby List maybe. Baby but list, you can, yeah, yeah you can um, register for a lactation consult on there, and people can put money in towards it. So, you know, think outside of the box for your friends that are having babies. Yeah, like yeah. maybe pull like in a couple idea. of a couple of you and you're all going to chip in for that lactation consult and give a little basket with some nipple cream and yeah, you know, something, some breast pads and things a like cute that. cute rainbow knitted boob. Yeah. <laughs> what about one thing I see too a lot is um, moms breastfeeding their older child and they're them coming from their pediatrician saying, well, my pediatrician said that I can stop breastfeeding now. Like I see that all the time. Yeah. What if that works for you? If you were kind of, were already kind of ready to wean but like they're telling them it's not like you're not they're not getting their nutrition off yeah that's so not true I know um (laughs) yeah that's definitely not true so the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends breastfeeding for six months exclusively with no like rice cereal juice anything like that and then once the baby's six months old you can start complementary foods so whether you do purees or baby led weaning or a little bit of both and to continue to breastfeed until the baby's at least 12 months old. Mm-hmm. And then once the baby's 12 months old, it is you keep going as long as it's mutually acceptable by mom and baby. Mm-hmm. So if it's working for you, keep going. Um, and then the World Health Organization recommends at least two years. Wow. So there's there's definitely health benefits, I immune think, benefits. Yeah. Just And again, like if it's working for you, like that's your parenting method and that's your superpower and you know my daughter first daughter was born in February so when we went in for her one-year visit and the pediatrician asked you know I said I'm still breastfeeding he was like good you know and it's February so don't stop now because it's cold and flu season yeah and so I mean I had the most awesome pediatrician ever and um that makes a big difference yeah I finally sometimes like yeah. yeah he's from Central America and uh my stepdad's actually from Guam. He's half Guamanian and half Filipino. And I just think that sometimes when people are from other countries where breastfeeding yeah. is more normalized, mm-hmm. it, again, yeah. they grew up with that. So, yeah. and, and here in the United States, like we didn't really grow up with that. And I think that even trickles into, this is just totally hypothetical, yeah. <laughs> but trickles into like, 
you know, maybe pediatricians that didn't. And again, like the amount of breastfeeding education that they get in med school is like very, very little. Mm -hmm. And I think it's getting better, but you cannot assume that your pediatrician has had any up-to-date information or classes or workshops on breastfeeding. You can love them and know that they're amazing and, you know, they're taking great care of your kids in a lot of other ways, but they may not be up to date who you want to get breastfeeding advice from. I, all the time. They, I see misinformation. Uh-huh. Like, I read something that said that's wrong. What they should be saying is if your baby had a heart issue, we'd send you to a cardiologist. Your baby's exactly. having a breastfeeding issue, we're sending you to a lactation consultant. Yeah. And I see pediatricians recommend foods at four months, which I know is not recommended. Yeah. Mine did, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I'm not in love with my pediatrician. Yeah. But they said when they were I know, I know. <laughs> I I need to look for another one. But he's so healthy. Like my baby has never had yeah. a, sil- a sickness. Like he's in and, daycare even and he's like the healthiest kid. Yeah. And you know where your resources are. So if you're yeah. like, eh, no, really I'm just I need gonna... to find the one I really love, but there's no like I think Perfect. the fact that you're confident in your decisions helps. Yeah, I see yeah. my grandma yeah. with my pediatrician, yeah. which I don't think she likes, but I do. <laughs> we have to be an advocate for ourselves. I think that's really important. Yeah. So, okay, so some of the questions was, when do you start pumping? So if everything's going well, wait till about four weeks postpartum, but definitely start pumping earlier than that if you're having low milk supply issues or baby's not latching. Um, but I always start with the foundation of you know, I want mom to be fed. So when you first have a baby and you come home from the hospital, sometimes your appetite's not that great. Mm-hmm. Mine and you're wasn't. taking pain yeah. meds, maybe mm-hmm. you're sleep deprived, you're so focused on that baby. So I also want everybody to post a picture of their snack basket mm-hmm. and hashtag mom worthy snack basket. <laughs> <laughs> because that is so important, and that's another great baby shower gift. But throw some trail mix in, some good quality granola bars, some kind bars, some Lara bars, things like that, so that every time you sit down to nurse your baby you, and or to bottle feed your baby, you can grab some snacks and eat something because it's not just about milk supply. It's about you having the stamina to be able to get through this baby boot camp. Mm-hmm. I so. I completely agree with that because I honestly remember like my husband would come home from work and I'd be like I haven't eaten all day mm-hmm. I don't even you don't even remember your mm-hmm. my hunger I wasn't on pain pills or anything I just didn't remember I was hungry yeah mm-hmm. and, and so then your blood sugar just goes yeah mm-hmm. and then you're hangry mm-hmm. and you're like you know what is this is this you know baby blues is mm-hmm. this sleep deprivation and it's like no you just eat. it could be yeah. some of those things but you just need to eat yeah um, another thing. For me, I've always um, breastfed my babies throughout the night, mm-hmm. um, and I know people will say, oh, you need to get them sleeping on, that's another thing pediatricians say oh, a lot yeah. too, is, oh, they need to be sleeping through the night now, I'm like, well, I wake up with them and nurse them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I just think that we need individualized care, and there are some babies that are going to sleep through the night. I, one out of three of my babies was a, quote, good sleeper, mm-hmm. and then the other two needed to eat during the night. Yeah. So. We all have different breast capacity, so the amount of milk that our breasts can hold at one time. Mm-hmm. Some women can hold four ounces in each breast, and so their baby may only you know, need to eat every four hours, and some women can only hold an ounce or two, and so their babies are gonna eat more often. So we have to look at that, mm-hmm. and then also growth spurts, Wonder Week leaps, which I brought the Wonder Week book to, because I just think that's like yeah. such a huge, Good to have. I have that app. <clears throat> the yeah. app is mm-hmm. wonderful. So, 
Um, and really, the app is going to give you all the great information. Yeah. I have the book, which is kind of cool. Just to know that there's variations in the developmental stage and then also the having growth spurts. So yeah. responsive parenting, I think, is good. Mm-hmm. You know, if your baby wakes up. Now, if they're waking up every hour or two and, and it's not working for you, there are some gentle things that you can do to help work on some sleep skills once your baby's about four months old. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend doing a whole lot with sleep training or anything like that until the baby is about four months old. Having said that, there are things you can do beforehand that are very gentle and just kind of set up good sleep skills. Yeah, like and stuff. Yeah, like knowing what tired cues are. Yeah. Is your baby, you know, their eyes kind of turning reddish and their eyelids, are they looking away? Are they getting kind of yeah. fussy? Like they may be telling you like we're done and they just need to be snuggled up or swaddled up and go to a quiet place, have white noise, things like that. So if you keep your baby awake for too long and they're overstimulated, they're going to get cortisol rush rushes, which is the hormone that feels stressful to us, mm-hmm. but it gives us energy. We're like, I got to keep going. And we all have felt that if we stay up too late and we're mm-hmm. exhausted and we're falling asleep and then all of a sudden we get our second wind and we're like, eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't want babies to do that. So we want to be really in tune to those tired cues. So I do think there's some things you can certainly do early on. Yeah to establish that but anytime the baby asks to eat then it's usually the yeah. best idea to go ahead and feed them and you know when we look at the studies there most babies don't sleep all night long mm-hmm. so it's okay to feed your baby at night yeah yeah for sure like when i bottle fed formula fed or yeah. breastfed babies get hungry we get thirsty in the middle of the night we go get a drink of water mm-hmm. that's what i always tell people um and I'm okay with knowing my older two didn't sleep through the night until I weaned them. Yeah. So, which was close to 15 months old is when I weaned them. Yeah. Which we had a lot of questions about weaning. What oh, are yeah. your tips on weaning? Yeah, weaning, I weaning. think, is just so personalized and individual. And again, it's what works for each mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have goals for sure. Like, I wanted to breastfeed my babies for 12 months, but not longer than that. So mm-hmm. I thought that was weird. Like, when they're talking, they <laughs> ask for it. And then I had the baby, and she was 12 months old. And again, my pediatrician was like, don't wean her yet. It's cold and flu season. But I was also like, I don't want, I actually don't want to. Like, yeah. this works, and it's um, easy. It wasn't easy in the beginning. It's easy now. Like, why yeah. would I stop? Yeah. And so it just felt right to keep going. And then she weaned when she was about 18 months old, but I was five months pregnant with her sister. Yeah, I was pregnant. So I did breastfeed through half of my pregnancy and my OB told me that was fine. Yeah. And I'm so glad that she did. Cause that was a long time ago. She said, as long as you're low risk, no preterm labor mm-hmm. issues or anything, you can breastfeed as long as you want. And so she weaned at around 20 weeks, which is when your um, breast milk usually changes to kind of a more colostrum Hmm. consistency. So I think she got disinterested in it. Hmm. Interesting. And then my second breastfed until she was two. And I was done. I was ready to be mm-hmm. done. And I knew I was going out of town on a girl trip. So I went out of town for that's a good time. Yeah. So that's how I weaned her. And then my son just kind of weaned himself around his second birthday. But, um, you know, I there's different ways to wean. Kelly Mom, again, is a great resource on that. And we could do a whole podcast yeah. on just weaning and how to do it. I if It depends on the age of the baby, but 15 months, 15 to 18 months... Um, can be 
a common time, I think, because you get through like the 12 month, the baby stage mm-hmm. and you get to that stage. Sometimes moms are ready to have another baby and maybe mm-hmm. they think they need to wean to get pregnant again. Um, or they just feel like they're done. Like, you know, the oh, baby is really yeah. distractible and moving around a lot. And so once the child's old enough around that, like 15 to 18 month, um, you can start to include them on it and like mm-hmm. start to talk about it a little bit. And it's okay to have boundaries too. Sometimes when I have a mom contact me and she wants to wean and we talk through it and what she really wants is boundaries mm-hmm. and we work on that and then she continues to breastfeed. Like it's okay to tell your child, no, not right now. Yeah. It's okay to have a chair in your house that's your breastfeeding chair because a lot of times they ask to nurse and if you have to get up and go into the other room to nurse them, they don't really want to go in the other room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's okay to 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 cut down how often you're breastfeeding and not to wean completely. So I think there's so many different ways to do it mm-hmm. and different ages that I would probably, if you're going to wean and you're having a hard time with it, I would probably reach out to a lactation consultant. That's something else people may not know that we do is we help with weaning. I always say, I think it's almost harder for moms to wean than it is for the baby. You know, my kids, it took me about a few days and then they totally forgot about the boob. But it was easy to just be like, here, here's the boob. You know what I mean? Here, we're going to go to sleep. Here's the boob. You you don't feel good. Here it is. So I do think a lot of it's just mom having to actually do it. Well, with my second, when I went out of town, her dad said that out of sight, out of mind, she never asked for it. Exactly. And then I came back, and it was a couple days before she, like, looked at me, and she called it Baba. So she looked, and she was like, Baba's. (laughs) And I was like, Baba's all gone. And so, we're all done. And she'd walk around, and she'd tell everybody, Baba's all all gone. And, like, they didn't know what she was talking about. Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) No more boobs. So. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, I'm in the middle of my first breastfeeding experience. My baby seven months yesterday. Oh, nice. And I think what's kind of helped me keep going uh-huh. is small goals. Yes. You know, like for me, it was like just three months, Sam, because the beginning is the hardest. Yes. I'm like, just make it to three months. You only, it's two months in, you only have one more month and then you're done if you want. Yeah. And then three months came around. I'm like, you know, make it to six months. Uh-huh. You can do six months. That's only three more months. And then I have that. And now I'm at seven months and I'm like one year. Yeah. You can do one year. And I have a feeling, you know, they eat, they breastfeed a lot less once they mm-hmm. hit that point. And I can, honestly, he'll be, it'll be October. We'll be going right into cold and flu season. Like you yeah. talked about, I could even see myself being like, you know, keep going. more months, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> make it till it's hot again. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it for sure. You know, yeah, small goals. Small goals. Because if you're starting and it's so hard and you're like one month in and it's a struggle and you're like, I have another year and a half of yeah. this. Yeah. Like, that could be daunting. Mm-hmm. On my Instagram, on the AZ Breastfed Babies Instagram, I did a post about how, and this is the analogy I always use when I teach a breastfeeding class, that breastfeeding is a lot like learning how to drive. <laughs> And when we first learn how to drive, we have two hands on the wheel at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, and we're kind of white-knuckling it. Yes. And, you know, you don't really want anyone to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You're trying to think about everything you learned in driver's ed. Mm -hmm. You don't want the radio on, and you're, like, really stiff, and you're like, oh, if you have to change lanes, you're, like, looking again and looking and looking. And and then the more you drive, like, the more you start to relax a little bit. Yeah. Maybe you'll turn on the radio. And then pretty soon you'll bring one hand down. And then now when we get in the car, we don't even know. We're like, we exactly. just get in. We're like eating a burger. Yeah. So yes, in yeah. the very beginning, the breastfeeding, you do like Cassie was talking about her breasts were larger. So mm-hmm. she was C holding her breast. 
and holding her baby. Like, she couldn't even itch her nose or take a drink or do any of that. Yeah. And so, but to know that that can be normal in the beginning, and then you just have to start to, like, okay, I'm going to kick my legs back and relax. Can I bring this hand over and cradle the baby? Like, can I change positions? I think people think at first, too, like, formula's just easier. But really, I'm like, no, it's harder. At first, it might sound easier, but... Your boob's right there. You just whip it out. You're going to feed your baby with formula. You have to clean the bottles. You have to make the formula. Yeah. Oh, but honestly, <laughs> when like when I had my first and I was breastfeeding her, I was like kind of angry because I thought nobody had yeah. really prepared me. And then I also was angry for all of the moms that I'd been helping in the hospital that, that I didn't tell them. Like, it's okay to feel like this is yeah. this sucks mm-hmm. and this is really hard. And... And so I was like, this, there's no way this is easier than bottle feeding. Like, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that can do it. Yes. My nipples hurt. She wants to nurse all the time. Yeah. And, you know, you get the baby to sleep and you lay him down. And then you lay down and you just feel your body relax. And then they're, like, waking up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, the worst. You know it's what? the worst feeling. And so then it was, I don't remember how long it was, but maybe six to eight weeks. I was breastfeeding. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, this is why people say it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now that I got through the learning curve, she got through the learning curve. Now I see why. Yes. But in the very beginning, I was like, this yeah, sucks. sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what's hard is I've almost been shamed by by moms that can't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And my sister's been like my defender sometimes because her friends will be like, your sister's so lucky she can breastfeed. She's got it so easy. And I just think that's unfair too. Like every everything has its challenge. Mm, yeah. Breastfeeding, pumping, formula feeding, everything has its challenge. There's so nothing's many, easy. Nothing's easy. There's so many variables too, and it's like um, it's like telling somebody if they had a vaginal birth that that was easier than a C-section. Yeah. And I've had both, or that a C-section is easier than a vaginal birth. Like you hear both things, yeah. and. And we have to just really be gentle with moms because we don't know, we're not walking in their shoes and we don't know what they've been through. And the other thing that we could do a whole nother podcast on is, you know, we're not even looking at this mom's history. Was she molested as a child? Has she been raped? Mm -hmm. You know, has she been abused in some way? And this is not just like a physical thing that it's difficult for her to breastfeed, but it's a very emotional, very psychological, very spiritual difficult thing for her so we just we have to stop with the judgment Mm -hmm. and we have to really be like that's so awesome that you told Cassie like it's okay it's whatever you do like it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. I think it was hard for her because we were both successful Mm -hmm. with breastfeeding and that was and we she was a month after me having her baby Mm -hmm. and I was already successful and and doing well and that was even harder for her and so I think she needed to hear that from us like we're we're don't we're not gonna judge you like we love you like whatever you need to do to be a happy healthy mom with a happy healthy baby like it's okay yeah we need you to be okay we need we need moms to know that having a baby is really really beautiful and wonderful and so hard Mm -hmm. and you know there's more and more information coming out about um, postpartum mood disorders postpartum depression postpartum anxiety postpartum rage which a lot of people don't talk about like you have a baby and you look at your partner and you're like, I want to kill this person. Everything they do annoys me. And your worthless nipples. Yeah, you your worthless nipples over there. And um, and 
you know, when breastfeeding's difficult or when the birth was really long and when, you know, it didn't end up the way that we were hoping or thinking, or maybe we had this like birth that was everything we imagined. And then we go home with the baby or if you have a baby at the birth center or at home, but you're there with the baby and you're like, why, why am I sad? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But to know that those things are very normal. And so the fourth trimester is a really good yeah. book too, um, about healing your body and balancing your emotions and all of those things, but reach out for help. I mean, you guys are really great with what you're doing with the Facebook group and the Instagram um, you know, I try to be a good resource for breastfeeding. And again, my, my support group that meets every week, um, is free and it's a postpartum support group. So if you're not breastfeeding, you are welcome. You can still come to the group yeah. and no one's going to judge you. We have listeners from all over the world. So I'm sure yeah. they're, they can find groups on Facebook. Yeah. Find one or start one. Yeah. Or start one. Just the Lelecha League was just, I think seven women in 1956 in their living room. Wow. Like just start one, do it at, meet at the library, meet in each other's homes. Yeah. Um, just very important. Yeah. Just start one. If there's not one out there or if there's one that you went to that you didn't really like, like that's okay. And then, um, I do want to, can I give a shout out to my friend? Of course. So Asherina is a friend of mine. She's a psychologist and she has a little boy Roman that's, he's almost, almost two, I think. Um, but she has an Instagram called psyched mommy Okay. and she's doing some really awesome things on her Instagram with a lot of, um, information about, we need to have her on. Yes, you should. But a lot on postpartum wellness and, you know, mood disorders and we get a lot of messages about that as well, but we wanted to be sensitive and find the right person to talk Mm -hmm. to about that. She's and she's so funny. Awesome. Uh, She's so real. Yeah. She's like a couple minutes away from here. Oh, Oh. So yeah. Yeah, she's, um, I definitely want to work with her more once. So the, where my office is in Phoenix, the motherhood co is actually opening up. We're having our grand opening on January 11th. Okay. And I definitely want to bring Asherina in and do some groups with her and some awesome. classes and everything. Cause she is just amazing. And, um, on, at our grand opening on May 11th, we're going to have January Harshi come and she's the birth without fear. Oh, awesome. Mama. That's awesome. And so I have the book on Audible right now, mm-hmm. and she's going to do a book signing. Have you guys read it? I haven't, but I, I haven't. get it. And if you, like, I am in my car all the time, so I'm listening to it yeah. right now. I just am like, amen. Yeah. Like, yes. My sister-in-law is all about that stuff. It's wonderful because it doesn't matter if you push your baby out at home, if you have a birth in the hospital with no meds, if you get the epidural, if you have a C-section, like we are all in this together if you yeah. breastfeed or you don't. And that's January's message for sure. So I don't have her book book yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna I am gonna buy one at the signing, but that's gonna go on my pile of books too. Like it's amazing. And it will probably replace like every other book that I would have recommended because she does go through like the you know, preconception, infertility, the first trimester, second trimester, she goes into like testing, Mm -hmm. but she's also talking about like finding your power Mm -hmm. and to advocate for yourself. I love it. And one of the suggestions she had is that to find your team to, she calls it like your bubble Mm -hmm. of people. If you're having a hard time finding them or even knowing what that is, Go on Facebook and go, like join either a moms and doula group in your area mm-hmm. or I can the International Cesarean Awareness Network, even if you haven't had a C-section, because they're going to know the providers in your area that mm-hmm. are low intervention, 
that are going to include you as part of the team and decision making and that. do that good evidence based stuff. So, um, yeah, you guys. I'm a big advocate too of like speaking up, finding your team, being yeah. being aware of you know your choices. Because if you don't know choices. what your choices are, you really don't have one. I had. I have three kids. I had uh, three different providers. This last time I did Premier Care. Yeah. Huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. Love Premier Care. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known about this with my other two. Yes. And I didn't know. Thankfully, I found them through the group, from the Premier Care group. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, That's so cool. So we could like really delve into we like could. all these different things and I had a lot of fun doing this. So yes. if you ever want me to come back, let we, me know. Oh, I was sure. going to ask you. I'm like, yes. I feel like we could talk so Forever. much yes. Forever. <laughs> yes. Um, so I mean, I would love it. And so, your, and your friend as well. Yeah. With, yeah. With I'll give you some information. For our followers though. So where can they find you? On Instagram, Facebook? Instagram and Facebook at AZ Breastfed Babies. If you're in the Phoenix area, come on May 11th to the Motherhood Co. Because it's going to be freaking awesome. Um, we the front is like a living room. You can just come hang out. I like that. You can your Love babies that. can play on the floor, and there is a little retail area. There's a classroom space. We're gonna have a lot of groups and classes. Awesome. Um, and uh, Jess Umble's doing like a mindful moms group on Monday nights, which I think it's Monday nights, which is gonna be really cool. Awesome. So we'll have to come by. Yeah, yeah you guys will. will definitely have to come by. I'm gonna have an office there. My sister-in-law Julie's gonna have an office. She. Is a massage therapist. Oh, nice. She does Reiki. She'll be nice to be there. She does, yeah. yeah, and she does hypnobirthing classes. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, but thank you for joining yeah. us, Amy. We really had a good time talking. Uh, yeah, 30 minutes was not enough. Oh, no, not yeah. for you. Oh, well, when you guys gave me, like, a list of sample questions, I was like, how, I think I messaged you guys, how am I, how are we going to do this at 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah. And well, just, some people don't want to go long. So, yeah. we told people, like, 15, 20 minutes, and like, oh, I don't know if I have that long. So, yeah. we're like, no, okay, this is well, awesome. Yeah. And it might be good to split in a couple different sections yeah. as well, just because. If we can. If, yeah, depending, just because we could talk about certain topics and then break it up so that way they have sections that they can listen to. We'll definitely yeah. have you back here though, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And it will be even more legit next time you come. Yes, yes. I love we have it. signs it's... going up and everything. Yeah. Alright, well thank you. Yeah, thanks. Alright, thanks for listening guys. Find her on Instagram and Facebook. Bye guys. <laughs>